All right. Anybody bring your Bible with you today? Good, good. Get it out, and uh, let's get ready to go here. We want to begin by praying. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for this time we have together now. We believe that you're at work in our lives and in our midst. Lord, we uh, ask you today for revelation of truth, understanding that will make us free. Lord, may our eyes be open to see and our ears be open to hear what you are saying to us now. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Okay, uh, last week we began a new series of messages that I call Passion Points. Anybody ready for some more passion? <laughs> and to the point. Uh, how many think everyone should have a little bit of passion in their life? There should be passionate about something. Yeah, yeah. And, and what we're what we're doing is we're, we're talking about why we do the things that we do. And I think it's a good idea that we all have a good reason for doing what we do. I mean, I mean you should have a reason for being here today. You should have a reason for leaving <laughs> when you leave. I mean, uh, we shouldn't just be pushed around through life. Uh, we shouldn't just float through life being moved along by the currents of our surroundings, but, but have a course, ha- have a direction set for what we want to do, where we want to go. And uh, what we do now in our lives can and should be determined by those things in life that are of the greatest value, okay? And so what do you value? What, what, what is important to you? And there are, there are certain principles that we see from the Word of God that the Lord uh, has directed us in that we value here um, at the church. And, and it, it's the reason we do what we do. It's the reason we have the various things that we have and, and continue to grow in those regards because these things are important. And uh, I began to share with you these things last week. And you recall our basic uh, motto is that we want to bring life to life or we want to bring the life of God to an individual's life, okay? That life manifests in many different ways, but it's all good. Basically, we could say it this way, we want to make people's lives better by giving them an infusion of God's life, okay? We don't want to just exist. We don't want to just survive. We want to thrive, all right? We want to go up and over. And, And I believe the Lord has provided us the necessary tools to achieve that end, all right? But just because we have a goal, just because we have a, a, a saying, does not guarantee that we're going to, to arrive there, does not guarantee that we're going to achieve anything. There uh, are critical elements that we've discovered that are necessary for a person to experience the high life, so to speak, for a person to experience the life of God. And it's not going to happen just because We've got a saying, <laughs> just because uh, we, we have a good intention. A lot of people go through life, they live and die knowing what they should do, but they don't do it. You know, how many know what the road to hell is paved with? Yeah, and so we don't, we don't just want to be intentional and then not doing anything, but we want to put into practice those things that are necessary to actually make change in us personally, in those uh, people's lives around us. Okay, and so you, you recall James chapter 1, remember James 1, 22 says, uh, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, right? How many know there's a lot of people hearing the word, far less people 
doing the word. Many people have a boatload of information, but they don't do much with that information. You know what the end result of that is? They, they, they get deceived. They're, it's called self-deception, all right? In other words, if you were here last week and you heard me give the first point in this series and you haven't done anything with it, well, if I just read the word correctly, you are deceived today. You are self-deceived. Every time you hear something, every time you discover something that's right and true and do nothing with it, you become clouded in your vision from that point. All right? But when we will take what we know, take what we hear, take what we've learned, and put it into practice, what's the result there? Well, verse 25 of this chapter says that you're blessed. So I can either be deceived or I can be blessed. And it all is determined based on what I do with what I know, what I do with what I hear and what I receive from the Lord. Everybody with me so far? Okay. Uh, Last week, now, we gave you point number one. Let me just uh, remind you of what that was. And I won't go over too much and and hit all those those points again. But we said uh, it is very important to us. It is of great value. And we want to help people to become grounded in the Word of God. There is so many benefits to us being grounded in God's Word. Word, that we have established all kinds of opportunities and systems and programs around here that will help people to get to that end. When you're grounded in the Word, it'll do something in you that nothing else can replace, okay? I don't want to be like, uh, well, this particular place that uh, a guy told me a number of months ago, he said, I visited this church, and uh, I knew of this church. I thought, that's probably a real good church. He said, but I felt so out of place. I felt so awkward going there. I said, well, why? Why? He said, because I had a Bible. And I thought, yikes. I hope that's never the reputation of anything that I'm associated with or I'm in charge of, for that matter, that that it becomes just normal to be Bible-less. If anything, you know, I'd rather be accused of having too many. (laughs) Man, you guys just use the Bible too much. Guilty. (laughs) Hopefully, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I just think that's of great value. And the, and the things that that will produce in our lives, again, are, are, are wonderful. And, uh, and nothing else can take that place. And so I want to get into number two now. Everybody ready for number two? You've been waiting all week. I bet you couldn't even sleep. I just wonder what number two is. Well, here it is. Here it is. Number two, we see people and want to help people to become engaged relationally with others. We want to help people connect with other people in the family of God. I see this as a major, major principle within the New Testament, that God never intended for us to live separate, disconnected lives. But He designed a plan whereby we would be called to work together in unity to accomplish the vision, all right? Let's look over at Hebrews chapter 10, Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 24. Hebrews 10, 24 reads, and let us consider one another, everybody say one another, in order to stir up love and good works. Have you ever needed love and good works stirred up in you? 
Yeah, yeah. Well, that's one of the reasons God connects us with someone else, because they help us to stay stirred up in doing the right thing and walking in the love of God. Verse 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. Say assembling. assembling. Together. together. As is the manner of some, but... No, don't keep saying it. <laughs> we'll be here all day. <laughs> but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. So what is he saying? The closer and closer you get to the day of the Lord, to the end of all things, he said, you need to even more so get together. You need to be joined together. And that was true in Hebrews days, the days of when Hebrews was written. All right. How much more so now are we closer? So what, what's the emphasis? The closer you get, the more you need each other. Do, do we see that? That God never intended for us just to serve Him alone. It's just me and God, you know. I stand alone. No, no, no. We stand together. That's His plan. That's His purpose. That we be engaged with one another. There are so many things in life, in fact, when you look at all living things, that are defined by their connection to other things. If you look at a tree, well... You can have a beautiful branch, nice luscious leaves, and maybe growing some fruit. And uh, it's a great branch. It's a lovely branch, serving its purpose in life. But the moment you take that branch and disconnect it from the rest of the tree, it begins to die, right? If you look at the physical body, it's the same way. I have a hand. It does what it was designed to do. It does handy things. <laughs> and... Uh, my hand serves its purpose, serves its function. But if my hand were severed from my body, it would no longer be able to do what it was designed to do. It would be lifeless. It would be useless. All right? Likewise, it's true in the body of Christ. How many know the physical body is a picture of what we are together in relationship to the Lord? Whenever parts of the body of Christ get cut off, from the rest of the body, they cease to fulfill their function. They cease to be useful in God's kingdom. They basically start to, well, death works in them. The life of God is cut off from them, all right? And knowing this will keep us from this isolation attitude, this mentality where I, I, I'm separate, I'm, I, I, need, I, I need to be alone, and uh, not that there's not ever times like that, but understand that the enemy will work night and day to bring division and to bring separation within the body of Christ. He wants to cut people off, all right? If he can get you cut off, disconnected relationally from the rest of the family, you become a target. You become vulnerable, all right? You become far less useful, and these things we must avoid and watch out for. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. And this chapter here deals with some of these uh, principles and how the Lord wants to grow up His people 
so, lot, so that we don't remain immature, pushed around by winds of doctrine and so forth. Let's look at verse 16. Speaking about Jesus, it reads, From whom the whole body joined and knit together, say together, by what every joint supplies. See, it's always been the plan of God that we be knit, that we be joined, and that there be a supply that goes from one to another. That I supply you, you supply me. We have connections with each other. Uh, Again, let me say it again. We were never intended to just live our lives for the Lord separate from each other. In God's plan, it was always a group effort. It was always a getting together, a sharing of, of, of resource, whether that's spiritual, whether that's prayer, whether that's encouragement, whether it's financial. There's, there's uh, things that God wants to do, not only in us, but through us to somebody else and through somebody else to us. Okay. Do we know that sometimes when we pray and we trust God and we get in faith for something, that God is not going to give it to us directly? You ever prayed for money and you got a package from God in the mail? <laughs> no, how many know it always came through somebody else? Uh, e- even when we're believing God for, for healing and things like that, so often God will use one person to minister healing to another person. And so I just want to get it straight from the Lord. That's oftentimes not His plan. His plan is that there's a supply of the Spirit going from one to the other. There's a giving and receiving relationship with with, with all of us. Does everybody see that? All right. We should not view all of the connections and the relationships we have in life as just pure coincidence. God has a master plan. He is directing people and where they should go and where they should be. And, and I shouldn't just assume that any person I meet or any person, a, person I have a relationship with as being unimportant, as not, as if it's inconsequential to my life or to theirs. If I do, if I really just dishonor the relationships I have by treating them as so casual, well, people come and people go and it doesn't really matter, then I'm really, um, I think I'm dishonoring divine connections. There are some people in your life that it wasn't just chance that you know them. It wasn't. It wasn't just chance that you have a relationship with them. It's in the plan of God. He wants to do things in them through you and in you through them. But if I don't recognize that, I might be quick to just cut things off. And, you know, people feel a freedom, especially if someone does them wrong. If if you do something that I don't like or if you hurt me in some way, I feel like I have the freedom just to shun you and just cut off that relationship. But think about that. What if that was a divine connection that God established? What if he wanted, what if his purposes were to be accomplished by us knowing each other and being in relationship, and then I overrode that plan, and I said, well, you know what, I don't really like that person. I overrode God's plan. He connected us, and I cut it off. 
What I've done is I've cut off a supply of the Spirit of God and the degree of life that I can experience in my life by doing that and theirs also. All right? We should recognize God is really into this thing about being together. He is really into this one another relationship, into this connectivity that we have with each other. And uh, He wants that not only to be valued but to, to flourish to grow, to be established even more than it is. And uh, not recognizing this would cause us to trivialize the value of these relationships and much more easily disconnect. People are disconnecting all over the place. Amen. But listen, we're in a big family. And I'm not just talking here. It goes all over the world. It's a spiritual family. It's a family in God. And according to the Lord, it's more important than those you share the same DNA with. Remember when Jesus talked about that? He said, who are my, my mother? Who is my mother and my brothers and my sister? He said, it's those who hear the word of God and do it. That relationship is forever. We don't disvalue the blood relatives and things of that nature. But we need to value from God's perspective that when we are in Christ, when we have been washed in him and saved that that relationship now takes preeminence. It's an eternal relationship. We are related. Hmm. And how many know it's important to get along with those in your house before you get along with those across the street? I'm just working on my relationship with the neighbor. <laughs> but meanwhile, there's no peace in the home. All right? Things first begin in the house of God. When you get saved, when you come into the family of God, one of the first things to do is recognize that you need to start learning how to relate to one another, to each other, and engage in that relationship. I was, I was studying the Word of God uh, years ago, and I just happened to come across, it seemed happened to, but I've mentioned it many times since, I believe it was led of the Lord, um, but I came across this phrase in the Bible, one another, and it really jumped out at me. And so I, I, I do searches on uh, Bible software, and, and, uh, and, and it's real easy to find things. So I typed in the phrase, one another, search, and vroom, I saw all these scriptures pop up from the New Testament. And I'd read them before. I looked at them. I thought, I know that one. I know that one. I recognize these. I, but I didn't really see it in that light. All of a sudden, I saw one another is a big deal with God. One another. Not just one. One another. It's not all about me and him. It's about him and us. All right. He doesn't just relate to me all by myself. I mean, in one sense, he does. But that's not the emphasis. I mean, if you, all, if you guys all backslide and go away, I'm staying. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I have that commitment. I can, I'm saved all by myself. But God never intended for me to relate to him alone. All right, he always had much more in mind. And here's the thing, much of what God wants to accomplish in your life is related to somebody else. It is connected to somebody else. So I'm just going to get alone and get away and I'm going to get up in the mountain and just me and the, my Bible and God. And we just won't have to deal with any people. And just me and the Lord, it's going to be great. Uh, God intended for you to deal with other people. Not that that's not okay for a period of time to get alone with the Lord. 
But, the, but God didn't want us just to be isolated, where we have just great relationship with him, but there's no interconnectivity with the rest of his family, okay? Much of what God wants to accomplish in your life, it has to do with somebody else. Let me give you some examples of those one and other scriptures. I won't give you the references. You do your own search. But the Bible says that we should have peace with one another. We should love one another. We should be, affection, be affectionate and prefer one another. We should uh, edify one another, receive one another, admonish one another, care for one another, serve one another, bear the burdens of one another, be kind, tender-hearted, and forgiving one another. We should comfort one another, consider one another, pray to uh, or confess to and pray for one another. We should be hospitable and minister to one another. Do we have any assignments here? <laughs> we do. God wants us to be connected. And I know some, some of you are probably in the habit, and don't, don't, you know, don't be beat up by this, just learn. Uh, you're in the habit even when you come to church. Come at the last minute, and as soon as church is over, leave as soon as possible. And, uh, and some have to do that. They got work schedules and so forth and no condemnation. But you know the Lord wants us to relate to one another. The Lord wants us to get to know other parts of his body, of his family. Yeah, yeah, he really does. And, and I would encourage you, come early. Stay late. Step out. So I just come for the word and the worship. That's not going to do it for you. And I'm a word kind of guy. But that's not, the, that's not the sum total of what God wants to do in us, of how he wants to relate to him, wants us to relate to him. It's not just about the word. It's not just about worship. It's not just about, it, it's about the rest of us. It's about connecting with other parts of his family because there are certain things that will never get to you until you open up the possibility that he wants to use somebody else to do it for you. So, well, I don't really like all the people. <laughs> well, <laughs> that could mean that you do without. This doesn't mean every one of us are here is going to be best friends for the rest of our lives. Not all of us are going to be that close. But we need to recognize and value the relationship that God wants to use one to get things to another. And sometimes that person is not your preference. Yeah. I mean, a guy told, told me one time years ago that uh, uh, in a service, a certain, per, certain person was praying for the sick. He said, I had this wrong with me, but I wasn't going to go up there and let him pray for me. I said, I said that's probably why you're still sick. And I, and I said, I got a suggestion for you. You need to go to that person and ask them to pray for you. Probably how it'll come because you got such a rotten attitude. <laughs> say amen or say oh me. <laughs> Each of us being able to fully experience the life of God is in part determined by the connections that we have with others. Part of it is connected. So I don't want to connect with anybody else. Okay you'll do without. Can I just say that straight? You just, you'll just do without some things. I don't mean you lose your salvation. You just do without. Together, 
is a very big word in the Bible. You know, even the word church, we, we, we oftentimes use the word church. Most of us know that church technically doesn't refer to a, a building. It doesn't refer to a facility, even though we use it in that, in that context at times. Church refers to people, right? Uh, it's true. I think I could honestly say that if I were all alone, all by myself, I am the church. You know, the Scripture says you are the temple of the Spirit of God, right? I am all by myself without you. You are without me the temple of God. If you've been saved, you've been born again, all right? The thing is, the very word church, do you know what it, what it means? It's, it's defined by people coming together. It means a gathering. It means a coming together. In fact, uh, I'm, a, I'm saved all by myself, but I'm not meant to be by myself. All the words used to describe what we are, you know, in the Bible, body, uh, you know, family, Church, army, flock, uh, different things. How many know, and we can, use, we can add words to that like team. They all basically paint a picture of a, not an individual, but people coming together to accomplish a task. People coming together to worship, to create something that God does in a group of people that he doesn't do just in a person all by themselves. You see, I'm a Christian without you, but it's God's plan that I be a Christian with you, okay? And so whatever metaphor we use, it all comes down to this, God designed us to be together. Let's look at Acts chapter 2. Everybody feeling all warm and fuzzy? (laughs) Should we hold hands and sing? (laughs) okay we're not going to get all touchy-feely now but we're valuing god established relationships value them then god will use them in acts chapter 2 we read about the early church church hadn't been going very long and we can see some of the things that they did that worked and it helped them, and sometimes gain great insights as to what we should do or what we ought to be doing. And it says here in verse 46 of Acts 2, So continuing daily with one accord in the temple. How how often did they go? Well, that's more than you, huh? (laughs) So so they went to church a lot. And, And it says in the temple at the beginning, they didn't have buildings like this. These things weren't built yet. They went to the synagogue the temple and they they would meet there well what do you do there you hear the word you worship those things were taking place but look look what it also says and breaking bread from house to house they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart two big things they did in those days they got together for the word and worship the things of God and they got together to eat yeah they spent a lot of time eating together. (laughs) Do you know it's the plan of God that we eat together? Yeah. yeah. And and that might seem, you say, maybe you're drawing too much from, from that particular verse. No, watch. You read through the New Testament, you'll find that eating 
food together was a major deal with them. And we joke about it sometimes in the world. People drink together, then you get saved, and you eat together. <laughs> and, uh, but it's true, and it's supposed to be true. But listen, they did that so much where they worship together and they get in the Word and all this stuff, and then they, they would eat together that whenever there was someone who was saved, they were called a brother, and they were, uh, they were backsliding, they were engaging themselves in open sin, and they were not repentant. You know what, when that would happen? Paul wrote instructions to them and said, here's how you deal with that. Don't eat with them anymore. And the very fact that they would not be invited to dinner would be a major revelation like, oh, wow, this is a big deal. They're not kidding anymore here. I need to really get things straightened up in my life. How did they do that? They stopped eating with them. I wonder today, you know, if we stopped eating with someone, they wouldn't even notice. <laughs> you know, we're all going to lunch, but uh, you're not going. <laughs> But it seemed to be just a, a common practice and a normal part of the church not only doing what we're doing here. We get together to hear the word. They gave themselves to the apostles' doctrine. You know, they get, got together and worshiped the Lord and they sang and they prayed together and these things. But they also broke bread together. They also ate and had meals together. Uh, Romans chapter 12 and verse 13 reads this way. It says, distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. In those verses there in that chapter, it's given us a number of guidelines how we should deal with certain things. One of the things it says is that we should be given to hospitality. Given to hospitality. That has to do with hospitality is the friendly and generous reception and entertainment of guests, visitors, or strangers, according to the dictionary. All right. That's part of our assignment as believers is that we should be hospitable. We should be quick to invite others in, to take care of them, to entertain, to, to um, uh, receive them as such. In fact, the Amplified of that verse reads this way, pursue the practice of hospitality. Don't just allow it. Don't just participate. Go after it. Pursue it as something important. See, this is an outflow of the very love of God when you treat others with a generous reception, when you welcome them, okay? The Message Bible reads, be inventive in hospitality. It's like, think about it, man. Be creative with it. Figure out a way where you can do more. Figure out a way where you can uh, be hospitable towards others even to a greater degree. There's a reason why we are gathered together today. And it's not because we all play baseball. It's not because we all like to fish. You know, it's not because we all are in the same profession. It's not because we all look the same or have the same background or have the same interest per se. But I think we know what it is. There is a bonding agent that has brought us all to one place at one time. Many of us would not even know each other. Most of us would probably not even know each other. But now we have a connection, don't we? And it's based on our faith in Jesus. It's based on the one who gave his life for us and changed us. And he changed me and he changed you and now we know each other. 
<laughs> and he filled me with his spirit and he filled you with the spirit and we got the same spirit, right? And now we have something in common that's greater than any natural thing in life and it causes us to be in relationship. That's a godly thing. God wants us to connect about those things. I mean, any one of us from all different kind of backgrounds, we could go out to lunch today and uh, we could sit around the table and no matter how different we are, there are some things we could all have a conversation about. We could tell you about when we got saved, how the Lord has done such great things for us. We could talk about heaven, where we're going, talk about what it's going to be like. We, we, there's so many things we have in common now, and it's because of Jesus. First John chapter 1 talks about these things, how, how that he was sharing with them so that they could have fellowship with each other or a sharing in common with one another. Praise God. And so because of this very important thing because of this highly valued aspect of the New Testament that we are called to be connected, that we are supposed to engage relationally, uh, we have designed and set up certain things within the church to foster that, to create an environment where that can happen. And uh, let, let me just, let me give you some of these things, just real practical. It's the reason why you'll hear me say from time to time, uh, you know, uh, what I mentioned earlier, come early, stay late. You know, be friendly, talk to people. Why? Because if we just got something straight from God, that's only part of the entire picture. We're supposed to be engaged relationally. And so we encourage people to you know, before service, called pre-service, post-service fellowship. When we get the new building taken care of, uh, it, we're designing the building so it'll be even better. Like those who come to the first service on Sunday, we encourage them to leave soon <laughs> because you guys need their parking spot, <laughs> right? And we need, we need room. In the new place, we're, gonna, we're designing things different, and we'll do our services different, and, uh, and we're even building that cafe. Why? Because we want people to come and hang out. We want people to come and sit down and have some coffee and whatever they like and talk, you know. Yeah, it can be spiritual. There can be prayer and there can be looking at the Word, but we just need to connect with one another. And so we do these things intentionally. It's one of the reasons we have our serving teams around here, all right. One of the greatest ways to meet other people and to get connected is have a task that you're on together is to work together in serving the Lord. And many of our serving teams around here, they also get together for barbecues and different events. These things never get published in the, in the uh, announcements and the bulletins and things like that because they're all kind of inter-service um, area. And so you say, someone said, I want to get connected. I would encourage you this way, serve. Where are you serving? Because you'll be forced into relationships and... Uh, <laughs> whether you like it or not. <laughs> and some of those actually will turn out to be real God connections, okay? Not everybody you meet is going to be, you know, again, lifelong bud, and you just got everything in common. No, but some of those relationships are things that God established, and we want to give place to those, okay? Um, it's the reason we have various age and stage of life um, or gender-specific gatherings, with, with the men's and women's and the children and the youth and, the, and different events and the camps that we do. In part, those things take place so that people can connect 
and relate to each other. It's the reason we do other social events uh, in the summers, you know. We've got some, well, we've got something coming up next month as well. But in the summers, we do barbecues. We do that splash of life event every year. Where we rent out the pool and, and, uh, and all those type of things. Why do we do that? It's, someone said, I just think we should have a prayer meeting instead. I mean, let's get something done. <laughs> no, no, no. I believe in the prayer meeting. I believe in the let's get something done. But I believe the Lord wants us to know each other. He wants us to connect with one another. There are things that are going to happen that way that will not happen in this environment right here. All right? There's things that, there are things that God wants to do in your life that is, as much as I want to pray my heart out and, and study my heart out and preach my heart out, that's just not the way that particular thing comes. All right? And so if we recognize that, we'll you know, get everything we can out of worship and out of the Word and, and, and some of these avenues, but then recognize that's only part. There are other ways that God wants to minister to us and minister to others through us. And one more thing. Everybody ready for one more thing? One more thing. We accomplish this through, and this is new now. This is new for today, first time. Uh, and that is, it's called R12. R12. It is a way that people are able to connect and establish and engage in relationships with other people in the family of God. Now, what are we talking about? How many remember Romans chapter 12, verse 13, says that we should be given to hospitality. We should pursue it. And so we are designing and creating a new avenue to where we can foster these relationships even more Give people an opportunity to connect on a greater level. And why don't you put it, go ahead and bring up my next slide here. All right. What are we talking about? We're talking about relating to 12 people. We're talking about at home, about 12 people, one or two times a month. We're definitely talking about food because that's scriptural. <laughs> and uh, we're talking friends. We're talking fun. Okay. We are beginning just in a few weeks from now, uh, next month, this new area and, and, and part of our ministries here where we have these events in homes. They're not Bible studies. They're not prayer meetings. They're not designed for that type of connection. They're designed just to be fun, just to connect, just to hang out, just to where people will have others into their home uh, that's not necessarily a full meal, but it could be. But there's always got to be food around to make it enjoyable. And, uh, and uh, you know, in, in, in a couple weeks here, uh, the first, how many know what happens the first Sunday night of February every year? Well, yeah, Super Bowl. Uh, some of these, <laughs> some of you couldn't give a rip, but, you know, <laughs> with some of our our 12 meetings will be, Super Bowl parties <laughs> for that night, but in other nights they'll they'll take on a different form, and some some will be you know well they'll just sit around and eat cake and yak and talk and laugh and have fun. Others will play games, and the you know in the summer the barbecue probably rolls out, and and uh, as the weather's nicer and they do things like that. It's not highly structured, but it is what we're doing is creating an environment for to where it's not something another thing I have to go to. No, it's not an obligatory thing at all. It's one of these 
I want to go. This is fun. We're going over to so-and-so's house tonight. We're going we're gonna to have fun and shoot the breeze and eat some nachos and, uh, or whatever you want to eat. <laughs> and, uh, but not only is it, not only is it a way for, for people within our church to begin to, especially those who have felt maybe disconnected, to connect on even a greater level, it's also for your neighbor. It's also for the guy you work with. And it's a way to introduce and bring people into relationship with saved people, those who love God under no false pretense, under no disguise or intimidation factor. It's just, what do you guys do? We just hang out. Sometimes, you know, we may turn on the football game if that's on. We may play some games. We may just talk. We're going to eat some food. Why don't you bring that special, uh, special sauce that you make over, whatever that is. See, in the early church, they got together and they ate and they fellowshiped in this way a lot. They didn't even have tacos yet. <laughs> and they pulled it off. I mean, there was no Panda Express. And they pulled it off anyway. And so here's, here's what we're going to do. Uh, a week from today... At 5 o'clock in the afternoon, we're going to have a special orientation meeting um, for anyone who is interested in finding out more about being a host or a co-host of one of these uh, R12 groups, okay? And so if you're interested in that, you'll come to that meeting and, uh, and you can find out what, there's not, actually not a whole lot of structure, but we do equip and prepare and give you the tools necessary uh, to have an enjoyable evening and, uh, and make it really fun, all right? And it could be one time a month, it could be two times a month, it's going to be at various times throughout the week, just depending on what works for different people, and, uh, but we're going to be sponsoring this. I mean, this is a church-authorized, enforced, uh, maybe that's not the best word, <laughs> uh, a church, a church event, but we want to help people to connect, both who are here, you've been here a long time, you're brand new here, uh, you're, not even, you're not even here yet, <laughs> uh, help connect in this way. That doesn't take away from these other things. In my mind, it's something that the Lord is helping us to do in addition to the other things that are already taking place, because there, there's just a number of different ways that... Um, that we can relate to one another, but we need to be engaged. Amen. And certain, a certain degree of the life of God being manifest in our lives is contingent upon these relationships. Let's value the principle, and as we move forward, we'll start recognizing, oh yeah, this is a God thing here. This is a God relationship, and things will happen in our lives because of it. Amen. Amen. Father, we just love you today. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for helping us uh, to share these principles and these truths, Lord, that, so, so that we can come up, so that we can rise up to the level that you've called us to, so we can be purposefully uh, engaged in everything that pertains to our lives. We love the Word, everything that you say, and Lord, we love your people, everything that you've done in them. Thank you for connecting us to a family. We're a part of a team. We're a part of an army. We're a part of those, the wonderful gathering of, of redeemed souls that will live with you and for you forever. So we thank you for this, these divine connections today. We honor them. And we say, Lord, use us more. 
than ever before.